singing, Mariah. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hit it, hit it here, Patty Dumont. Turn it up. December 1st, ho, ho, ho. Like, everyone loves this song. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Lots still to come. Uh, our man Brody on the beat, he's live. He's walking the streets of Calgary asking you because it's December 1st. Yeah. What's your favorite Christmas song? And Alex is a young, young, young man. If he doesn't know it, he's probably going to ask you to sing it too. So he's walking around the streets of Calgary. We'll get to him in one sec. Uh, Frank Saravalli up to, and we're still taking your text messages. Oh, yeah. 960, 960, name and location. It's the return of Sean Monahan tonight to the Dome. Give us your super sweetest Sean Monahan chirps. Be as just nice as humanly possible to Sean Monahan. Do we have uh, Brody on the beat right now? Um, producer Patrick Dumont is he is he is he with us? Can he hear us? He's up. Uh, Alex, where are you right now? What are you doing? Alex, can you hear me, Alex? Oh my goodness, this is already going swimmingly. Alex, can you hear me? No, I we can hear Alex can in the background. Yeah, yeah. Does he realize he's on the radio right now? Probably not. All right, we'll check in with Alex. It's already it's already a disaster. <laughs> Didn't take long. <laughs> We're gonna go live to Alex. He can't hear us. Nope. All right, just nope. let him go, Patrick. Call him back. He literally knew we were going right to him. It's like, I can't hear anything. <laughs> All right. Uh, Frank Saravalli, uh. NHL Insider, Daily Faceoff. Brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Frank, please tell me you're there. I am here. Yeah. Oh, what a just train wreck. Oh. Like, I wanted to send alive. the... What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. I send the kid out. You know, he's going to go talk to people in Calgary. He doesn't even hear us. I don't know what he's doing. Anyway. I wish it was on video, though, because it'd be a lot more fun if it was, like, one of those classic TV things where it's like, can you hear us? And the person's, like, nodding and laughing, but <laughs> you have no idea what's happening. Um, What is your go-to Christmas song, Frank Saravalli? I don't think I have one. What? Uh, just trying to... Uh, everything in, around Christmas for me revolves around Christmas Vacation. So okay. anything in that movie, any, anything from the soundtrack. Uh, have you ever sprayed Pam at the bottom of a toboggan or a sled to make it go faster like in Christmas Vacation? Pamina or Pam? Pam. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say no, I have not. Okay. Um, one yet, of, yet. Uh, but I one, might need it though, considering how large I am. Okay, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go there. That, but that means you go faster down the hill if you have a little more weight behind you too. So there's a plus. That's physics. Yeah, it's true. Um, Frank, wanted to ask you about Sean Monahan, and we know the the reception Matthew Kachuk got here earlier in the week. Uh, great video montage. People cheered, applauded, and then immediately booed him when he touched the puck right after the commercial break, which was so awesome. I don't think we're going to hear any booze today, and it's such not a one. Not a one. It's such bad luck that the injury history this guy's had because it derailed a very, very promising career, didn't it? 
And very consistent career. I mean, you look through Sean Monahan's numbers, you could pretty much pencil him in if you're the Calgary Flames for 30-30 every year. And then the injuries caught up with him. The Flames hit a spot where they, you know, they were questioning their core with how it was structured with Monahan and Goudreau and, and the group that was in there. And then everything kind of fell apart. And unfortunately for Sean Monahan, he ended up being the odd man out. Uh, with the injury as last season went on to the Battle of Alberta in round two. And it was pretty emotional. You could see um, the hug with Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan at the end. And that seemed to catch a lot of people. Then there was the trade this summer that went down where the Flames had to add in a first round pick in order to get out from Monaghan's contract. And lo and behold, this guy has worked his way back from a serious injury that that could have halted his career entirely and permanently to now be a really intriguing piece for the Montreal Canadiens to potentially move at the deadline. And given that, like, this is a guy who right now has 14 points. He's actually just a point behind Nelson Kadri. He's fourth in scoring on the Habs behind a couple of their young studs. What type of team do you think would be looking for Sean Monaghan? Probably like a, a third-line center type of role for him with a little bit of a scoring touch now that we've seen he can put the points back up this season? Yeah, that's exactly it. Some team that's looking for quality third line center that can be relied upon. I mean, you look at the minutes Monaghan has played throughout his career. He's sort of been in that 17, 18, 19 minute range. And if you were at this stage to knock him down to, I don't know, 14 or 15, I think you'd get a lot out of him. And I think the only complicating factor is exactly that, the contract. It's, you know, obviously the Canadians can eat half, would they have to filter it through another team to get him to a top flight contender that's looking for that type of piece in order to then make it work? So I think there's some gymnastics at play in terms of the cap, but I think it's eminently doable. Yeah, of course, him coming in on that uh, $6.375 million uh, cap hit this season. See if another team does end up getting involved. We saw the return of Matthew Kachuk to Calgary. We saw the return of Huberto and Uyghur to Florida. That is all done. It's all out of the way now. Did anything surprise you about the, the returns for any of those three players to their old barns? Not really. I mean, yeah. look, uh, if I, I, I'm born and raised in Philly and, and I know what the reception would have been like for Matthew Kachuk here, uh, it huh. probably would have been not as polite as it was in, in Calgary. And to be fair, there were the boos the first time he touched the puck. Like to me, that was appointment viewing, um, watching that game and seeing how the dome would react. And, um, you know, to me, it was just after that, after the ovation, it was business as usual. You got Matthew Kachuk shooting the puck at, uh, at Zadarov after the penalty, and it was on after that. Hmm. So uh, they got back to normal, I think. But, you know, I guess it went perhaps as many would expect it to after so many memories of Matthew Kachuk and some incredible things that he accomplished in a Calgary Flames uniform. But I don't know. I, I would expect, I guess, a little more hostility at times, given how it played out. Yes, he enabled them to get a significant package in return for him, but he still raised his hand at the end of the day and said, I don't want to be here. And usually that would be the prevailing thought more than what the Flames got in return and more so than the memories. Frank, do the, do the Flames have a, I want to say it's a controversy, do the Flames have a goaltending situation right now? Yes. Yeah, I think they do. And I don't think it's controversial at all because I think Dan Vladar has earned it. 
and they're in a spot where every point, every win is critical. I thought it was really important for him to get the win against Florida because that was only his second of the season, despite playing really well and despite having quality numbers. Um, and so at this point, it also gives Jacob Markstrom a bit of time to find himself. I doubt he's happy sitting on the bench. I doubt he's happy watching Markstrom run off three starts out of four games and particularly coming back from a long road trip. Usually that's, you know, you go right back to your number one guy. But at this point, Markstrom hasn't carried the ball far enough for the Calgary Flames, and now it's Dan Vladar's turn to pick it up and run with it. Across the league, uh, seeing a lot of goaltending numbers pretty low. I believe entering yesterday's action, there were 16 teams that had sub-900 um, save percentages. Anything that you can point to and, and, and see as a, as a reason for just the struggle with a lot of goalies and a lot of top guys? Markstrom, Shesterkin, Vasilevsky hasn't been himself. It, it's been strange with the netminders this year. Well, it's the most fickle position in pro sports. Like, mm -hmm. good luck trying to predict year in and year out. There's really only, you know, two, three, four guys in the league. You can count them on one hand that you can rely on year in and year out. I mean, take a look at Connor Hellebuck and the year that he's putting together with mm -hmm. the Winnipeg Jets and contrast that to last year. 908 last year and probably a big reason why the Jets missed the playoffs. And... You know, you look at the Seattle Kraken and just even getting back closer to league average, there's still goaltending is still not great. Team save percentage 888. And yet they're reeling off 10 wins in 12 games in the month of November mm -hmm. because it's just been that much better than a historic 30 year low last season. So we have seen some big name struggle. Markstrom is just one of many. When you include Soros, as you mentioned, Shesterkin has been yep. out here flogging himself in public. Mm. Um, you know, he's the reigning Vezina Trophy winner. Markstrom was the runner-up. And the league save percentage as a whole, to your point, has dipped. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the numbers right now. 900 is exactly league average this season. It, it's generally in the 904 to 906. Some years you might get a 908 save percentage. It's down this year. And I don't think there's any reason to point to as to why, because I just look at goaltending in so many ways and I just shrug and say, it's an absolute roller coaster, night in and night out, year in and year out. Connor Hellebuck's been outstanding, like you mentioned. Ilya Sorokin has been great. Logan Thompson and Linus Ulmark have been putting up the numbers. Is there anybody else that's maybe really stood out as far as netminders across the league for you this year? Oh, I mean, I look at someone like Logan Thompson and what he's done. Um, that's been incredibly impressive from uh, that perspective for Vegas, I mean, um, there's a whole host of guys. Vitek Vanacek has come in and been such a big boost for the New Jersey Devils who really needed it. Um, there's been a number of other stabilizing guys that have, um, have really looked pretty good in terms of uh, their ability to come in as well and, and get the job done. So um, I think there's no shortage of guys. I honestly, I, given their spot, that they were in, I think the guys in net for the Toronto Maple Leafs deserve a little bit of a boost as well, mm. given the criticism that they faced. Ilya Samsonov, who's now returning a 924 save percentage to this point. Matt Murray has played really well since coming back from his injury, 927. And if you take out that first game of the year, which was a clunker on opening night, it's even better than that. So I, to me, it's Sorokin, though, that's the Vezina winner at this point at the quarter mark of the season. But 
I also can never really quite figure out GMs and their voting for the award either. <laughs> uh, yeah. Frank Saravalli, NHL Insider Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. Joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. What kind of a mess is this Cal Peterson situation in Los Angeles? Well, I think it was compounded on Wednesday by the fact, guys, that the Los Angeles Kings canceled their practice, said nothing publicly about the decision to put Cal Peterson on waivers and did not hold their typical media veil. It's all, everyone's wondering now in the Los Angeles market, what are you trying to tell us? What's happened here? Is Cal Peterson just a scapegoat for that really ugly game? He couldn't stop anything seemingly in relief in Seattle. Um, it's, it's really interesting now moving forward because I think it's yet another cautionary tale as we talk about how fickle the goaltending position is Cal Peterson's only in the first year of a three-year, $15 million contract. And if you look back on when that contract was signed, I believe it was September of 2021. So before he played a single game in the final year of his deal, which was paying him less than a million dollars a year, they felt the need to step up and pay Cal Peterson a massive extension that when you compare and contrast it to some of the other deals that other younger goalies have signed, and, and Peterson isn't even really that young, I, I just it leaves me sitting here wondering why like why did you try and outsmart yourself? You're in a spot where let's say Cal Peterson went out and played more games again than Jonathan Quick and put up similar type numbers to the nine, I believe nine eleven that he had that previous season. How much more than three times five was Cal Peterson going to cost you? Yeah. The answer, I think, is probably not that much. So they got ahead of it. Peterson comes out and has a brutal season last year. And now he's in a spot where, what are they doing now? That's my big question with mm. Peterson. They've got Quick is in the last year of his deal. Are they trying to send Peterson to AHL Ontario to try and find his game again? And they'll recall Phoenix Copley for the short term. Or are they just trying to send a message to the rest of the National Hockey League? Hey, in case you're desperate, Cal Peterson is available. Either way, it's a really interesting scenario for the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, the one team that popped into my head, Frank, that maybe rolls the dice on Cal Peterson. What about the Buffalo Sabres? See, I don't think they would do that because here's been the Buffalo Sabres mantra all summer long. When you looked at the Detroit Red Wings and the Ottawa Senators and all these other teams that were grouped with them in the standings that made vast improvements to their team, what they said to themselves internally was, we're not going to take on any player on this team that's possibly going to get in the way of the young guys that we have coming. And so when you look at Buffalo and their system to then take on two more years of Cal Peterson, well, what does that mean for some of these other guys? What does it mean for Uka Pekalukinen? What does it mean for Devin Levi? Um, they have another talented goalie prospect in, the, in, in college hockey. Like they've got choices to make. And I think they're thinking that one of those guys is a lot closer to stepping up and being an NHL goaltender than perhaps we all realize. And I, I just don't think Cal Peterson, they want to put him as a roadblock in the way of that and take on the contract. Uh, the other thing that you had uh, written about over at Daily Faceoff was Alex Formanton. And if any team is going to take a take a, a flyer, perhaps, or make a trade for Formanton as he remains the, the unsigned RFA as we get closer to that 
deadline. If you're not signed you're not, and you're an RFA, you can't play for the rest of the season. What can you tell us about Alex Formington and the Ottawa Senators? Yeah, it's a really interesting scenario, Matt. Um, I think everyone has watched this from afar. And I wrote a little about it, um, as you mentioned, about how the Sens have barely really even made an attempt to sign Formington. And given the fact that Formington was on that 2018 World Junior team, that has led a lot of teams around the league to ask themselves the question, well, if Ottawa's not attempting to sign him and there hasn't been any sort of statement made from him or his representative in terms of his involvement, a lot of the other players have denied their involvement. Does that mean that Alex Formington played a part in the sexual assault that happened, the alleged sexual assault? So I, I think that's what teams are working their way through. Um, there's supposed clarity coming from the NHL and potentially the London Police Service on this investigation that's been ongoing for a while, but it's not going to come by today at five o'clock. So if someone is going to take a chance and trade for Alex Formanton, they're going to go in eyes wide open, knowing that this is what may be coming back um, on the other side of this investigation completed. What if Alex Formanton was not part of it? What if this has all been some misunderstanding? I think there's a lot of facets and areas to consider. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that there's plenty of teams that are have been scared away and have already made the declaration internally, this guy isn't a fit for us and we're going to pass. But I can also tell you that in the last 24 to 48 hours, there's probably a small handful of teams, and I highlighted two of them as potential fits, including the Vegas Golden Knights and Carolina Hurricanes, that may be willing to roll the dice. So we'll see. I got a lot of people in my inbox and DMs saying, hey, what about Calgary? He'd be the perfect fit for Alex Formanton. Never say never, but I haven't gotten any indication at this point that he's someone that the Flames would consider. Interesting. Um, we'll end here as well, Frank, uh, on Chris Letang. Uh, some scary news coming out of Pittsburgh. Suffers a second stroke in his career, but honestly, you know, the the media availability did make it sound like it's it's kind of best case scenario in a situation like this which is still not a good scenario, but what can you tell us about Crystal Tang? Well, as you mentioned, just a really scary situation also because he had one previously in 2014 and you think back to then and he missed two months and he came back playing and, and has largely been unaffected since then. I think it's one really helpful that Chris Letang knows his body so well, as he pointed out, he could tell that something wasn't right. Two, he got excellent medical care from the Pittsburgh Penguins in terms of helping diagnose something like that. I think he was experiencing some migraines prior to uh, being pulled from warm-up and, and getting some testing done. And three, I, I just wonder what this means for the long-term health of Chris Letang in his career. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins, knowing this, had to be at least a little bit concerned when signing Letang to such a big extension um, you know, last summer, a new six-year deal that takes him playing well into his 40s. Um, and I just think for someone like Chris Letang that will have earned well north of $100 million, at a certain point, you need to ask yourself, what if I'm not so lucky next time? What if the next yeah. stroke, yeah. what if the next issue that pops up, we're not able to catch and it's more damaging? How much of this is related to playing hockey? How much of this would happen if I were to just live a normal life? I think these are all questions that need to be asked if you're in Chris Letang's camp to say, hey, it's been a fantastic career. I've won three Stanley Cups. At what point 
do I have to maybe take a step back and consider my overall health for my family? Frank Saravalli, NHL insider for Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. Frank, always great stuff. We'll talk next week, pal. Have a good one, guys. Frank Cervalli brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Um, yeah, just a, a super scary situation um, with Chris Letang. You just hope the best. And, and Frank brings up a great point. At what, at what point do you have to say, okay, uh, I love playing in the NHL. I'm chasing another Stanley Cup, but I have a life to live after hockey here. And it's just... It's too bad for a guy who was an absolute slam dunk hockey hall of famer. Well, and and you look back like after the first stroke, it was found that there was like a, a structural issue with his heart that kind of leads to this. So I thought Frank brought up a good point as well. Like how much has hockey been a factor in this for him? Would it be different if he had not been playing? If they can answer some of those questions and, and mm-hmm. get a good answer there, maybe he can continue playing, but I'm totally right there with you. He's he still looked really good when we saw him come through Calgary with the yep. pens. Him and Crosby were still out there zipping it around like they like they've been doing for basically two decades now. So um hoping all the best for Chris Letang. Uh at the bottom of the hour, Tommy Wilden Jr. Cavalry FC manager will tee up Canada, Morocco, which kicks off at the top of the hour. Uh, we'll give you a ski report. We're gonna do that for you as well. I got all the snow deets. Great. Uh, and we're still taking your text messages, 960, 960, name and location. Give us your super sweet Sean Monahan chirps. Uh, keep them rolling in. They're great. 960, 960, name and location. But right now, what I think is probably the best segment in all of Canadian radio, not Canadian sports radio, Canadian radio. Uh, Brody on the beat. He's live right now. Let's hit it, Patty. All I need is a Brody on the beat. Hey, it's Alex here, and we are back for another edition. Okay, yeah, that's that, that one was just straight recorded. Yeah, yeah um, Alex, can you hear Hello? us? Hi, George. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're you're live on the radio on Sportsnet. Oh my gosh, the home of the Calgary Flames. I cannot believe this right now. How do I sound? You sound great. You sound clear. Where are you right now? Because this is the first time in the history of the big show that you are live on location for Brody on the Beat. All right, so I am here at the 4th Street Southwest train station for Brody on the Beat. The train just came in, okay. and I am asking the people of Calgary what their favorite Christmas song is. Let's see if I can grab somebody here right now. Excuse me, sir. Do you have a quick moment to answer a question about Christmas? No, okay, no worries. Have a good day. Okay. <laughs> 0 for 1. All right. Okay, I'm writing these down. 0 okay. for 1. 1 down, 9 0 to go. 0 for 1, yeah. Keep going. Right, Keep let's, it. Try. Who's next? let's try this again. All right. Excuse me, sir. Do you have a quick moment to answer a question about the holidays? No, no. All right, no worries. Okay, Take there's care. 2. 0 for 2. Keep all right, going. Let's keep going. Next. All right, all right. I'm running down the station right now. Literally, you could possibly see me. I'm going to ask another gentleman here. Excuse me, sir. Do you have a quick second to answer a question about the Christmas holidays for me? All right. What is your all-time favorite Christmas song? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh. Rudolph. Okay, that's a pretty good one. Can you give me... I, I am actually not too familiar with Christmas songs. Can you give me just a quick rundown of how it sounds? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Uh, it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Has a very... Wait. Come on, man. Shiny nose. Yes. <laughs> if you ever saw it, some would even say it glows. Wow. Thank you so much. What's, I appreciate What's his your name, Alex? What's, what's his name? What's your name? What's your name? Keith. Keith. Keith, Keith, it's a pleasure to meet you. A little pitchy. Thanks for joining. 
Yeah, a little pitchy. A little pitchy. In the words of Guys. Randy Jackson, not for me, dog. It's a no me. It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> That's going to be a no for me, dog. It's a, it's a no for me, dog. Uh, though I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, Alex, make sure you get the name of the person you're interviewing. Anybody yes, else there? Yes. Um, Let's see here. I'm kind of heading down the train line. You guys might be able to see me now. But... Yeah, you know, one, three for one or one for three. That's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, we got a Rudolph right. the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Okay. Excuse me. Are you interested in answering a quick question about the Christmas holidays? Sure. All right. Okay. So December 1st. What's her name? Start of, Alex, what's, what's your name? name? Sorry, first. Janelle. Janelle. Nice to meet you, Janelle. You. So it's the start of the Christmas holidays. What's your all-time favorite Christmas song? Oh. All-time Christmas song mm. is... Long it's pauses? beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Oh, that's oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Okay. Well, I'm actually not too familiar. I, I don't celebrate Christmas myself. You kind of <laughs> give me a bit of a rundown on what the song sounds like. Oh, boy. Ugh. I'm not sure if I would be able to do that. It's the, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Janelle. Take care. Well, great job, right, Alex. Pretty- I like that you're Pretty point blank lying to our listeners yeah. in Calgary. <laughs> hey, hey, if I'm just like, hey, sing it. I yeah. don't know. That might not be as easy to. Well, you can also say, hey, would you mind singing a few bars for us? <laughs> I, I, I had to try and. It's hard to pretend that I haven't heard these songs before. I'll be honest. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. So, uh, Alex, uh, you keep looking around. Uh, keep asking people their their favorite Christmas song. It's December first. <laughs> it's the holidays. Uh, we're going to check with you uh, after we talk to Tommy Wielden, okay? Try to stay warm out there. All right. Sounds good. Have fun with Tommy, guys. Okay, all right. There he goes. <laughs> Alex Brody. Uh, I, he, he, he's, he's got three people to talk, Yeah, which what? is way more than I thought we're going to have. Two That's for four, good. right? That's two for good. four. Yeah. yeah. It was two. Janelle and... Yeah, sorry. Keith. Keith. Yeah. Right. Okay. Two for four is not bad. Uh, from that the text line. The Hall of Fame. Yeah. 9609. Russick, you're going to get the poor man pepper spray. No, he's fine. <laughs> It's okay. I think pepper he's safe. Wor- it already feels like you're getting pepper sprayed just with the yeah, cold the air cold, on the, the cold, air. cold air hurt face. Uh, we'll check in with more Brody on the beat uh, later live for the first time in the history of the good show. Uh, the good show. Uh, the big show. <laughs> the first time of oh our average God. program. Yeah. Wasn't there a good show somewhere in else? In Toronto, yes, yes. And I hosted oh, it one time. Put the loony in the jar. What is wrong? You know what it is? Oh, Toronto George. You know what it is? By the way, I I had I got some coffee, went to went to the store. I Ubered in this morning. And the guy's like, oh, sports at 960. Uh, I go, are you a, a radio person? I go, yeah, uh, I work for sports at 960. He goes, are you an on-air host? I go, yeah. He goes, hey, are you the guy from Toronto? I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> Not from Toronto, I'm from Niagara Falls. He's like, oh, sorry. I go, it's okay. I think thanks for the ride there. <laughs> Shout out to John, I think, in the Uber. Um, all right. Uh, Tommy Wilden Jr. If you live in, Tor- in Ontario, you're, yeah, you're from, from Tor- Toronto. Yeah. So. All right, Logan. Um, Tommy <laughs> Wilden Jr., straight ahead. Calvary FC manager, Ross Tucker, NFL analyst, uh, CBS Sports, Even Money Betting Podcast, the Ross Tucker Podcast, Dan Patrick Show. The guy's, a, the guy's a superstar. He'll join us at the top of the next hour, too. Flames and Habs, keep those texts rolling in. Super sweet Sean Monahan chirps. It's all straight ahead. Big show. A big show. Big show. Big show. Big show. Russick and Rose, Sports at 960, the fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, the fan.
the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, coming to you live from the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. They do everything basement-y since 1992, serving Calgary in southern Alberta. It's longer than I've been in southern Alberta. It's true. That's a long run. Uh, at the top of the next hour, Ross Tucker, NFL analyst, even money betting podcast, CBS Sports, the Ross Tucker podcast. We'll talk to him at the top of the next hour. Tee up that Thursday nighter between the Bills and the Pats. Eric Engel, senior columnist at Sportsnet, covering the Habs. will join us at 8.30. Tee up the Habs and Flames down at the Dome. We'll have it for you. The coverage gets going at 4 o'clock, the past time for Telethon. Keep those text messages rolling in as well. 960-960, the sweetest possible Sean Monahan chirps. They want to, you got to be sweet, though. They yeah, because be we, very we, nice. we gave you radio-friendly chirps to Matthew Kachuk, but we want the sweetest possible chirps yeah. for Sean Monahan. 960-960, name and location. But right now, Canada about 23 minutes away from kicking off their final match of this year's World Cup against Morocco to tee it up from beautiful Hawaii. Tommy Wieldham Jr., Cavalry FC manager. Tommy, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you guys? Oh, we're good. Are you safe? Are you anywhere near the volcano that's erupted near you? <laughs> um, I think it was the next island over. You can uh, oh. smell a little bit of the ash, but yeah, no, we're uh, mm. we're good. We're we're enjoying the uh, tropical islands. Um, how how's it been watching soccer in that time zone? Um, interesting, really. I think I mean the the, the games are pretty early now, aren't they? So what is it, four thirty-five here? So up for the five a.m. But you know what? It's you'd get up for anything if you're watching Canada or, or for me England as well. Um, Tommy, we know that uh, obviously Canada has already been eliminated from a chance to move on to the knockout stage and scoring a goal was an important milestone for Mm -hmm. this team against Croatia, but how important is it to maybe get a result today at the world cup for the first time? Do do people just maybe kind of fluff off the fact that, yeah, Canada's not moving on, but getting a result at a world cup is a big deal, right? Uh, It is massively. And I think the odds were against us, especially when the group came out and, I think what's really hurt is the manner in which we played against Belgium and actually should have got something out of it. So, you know, a tie or even a win um, was something that we felt should have happened. You know, even, even you know, all the comments from Kevin De Bruyne and Roberto Martinez, the, the manager of Belgium, that stayed how well Canada had. So what that ended up doing is give the whole nation hope that, well, we should go and beat um, Croatia. Well, sadly, the Croatians are a fantastic side, you know, they're finalists in the last World Cup. And I think then the, the controversial comments that came out and then the fact that Canada scored early first, but so so did England in the, in the semifinals um, four years ago. Croatia just gets better. I mean, they're so savvy. And um, Brozovic in midfield, Modric, these guys can control a game. And it's one of the best midfields in this tournament. And I think then to be able to score a couple of goals when, you know, for me as a, a coach, I would soon as see my team striving to try and score and leave yourself wide open, which I think Canada did a little bit near the end, than just trying to play safe and lose the game. And I think they went for it. And because it was a 4-1 scoreline, suddenly as high hopes as everybody got, now we've got two back-to-back losses. Uh, Belgium then you know, go and lose to Morocco as well. And Canada out. And then the disappointment comes in and the comments come in. we we weren't meant to be there. You know, we're there four years early and we've seen how well the U.S. have done coming out of CONCACAF and Mexico, who are usually a powerhouse, have not. They're going home too. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I, th- I think a result today, a good result, is exactly where Canada needs to be in getting some points on the board. And I think that was always the objective of this World Cup, 
is to score the first goal, which Alfonso Davies showed great character, especially having missed the penalty against Belgium to to be the first goal scorer in the Men's World Cup. And yeah, get some points today. That's that's what this team should be about before the next cycle. So Tommy, Morocco's got a win and they got a loss. Uh, what are you looking at for Canada as far as how they can win this final game and, and add that to their, I guess, trophy cabinet as they get ready for the next tournament? Well, we've seen how good Morocco are. I mean, um, you know, tied with Croatia, they've also got, um, they've also beaten the Belgians, so <laughs> it doesn't get any easier, does it? And they need to win as well because the Croatia-Belgium game has uh, implications also. You know, Belgium could be going home and, and the talent that they've got. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to have to deal with their pace. I mean, Hakim Ziyech, Hakimi, uh, these guys blend well up the uh, right-hand side. They're very, very savvy with their tactics. Um, but I think they've just got to play. Um, I think we want to see as a country is is how they approach the Belgium game, fearless, um, playing on the front foot um, and using their pace uh, to counter Morocco. But Morocco, Morocco are good, so it's... it's I'm looking forward to the game, but I, I hope for, for the nation to leave on the positive, gives everyone that, that lift, because four years is a long time. Tommy Wielden, Junior Cavalry FC manager, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960. The fan. Tommy, what's maybe been the biggest deficiency that you've seen with this Canadian side through two matches? Hmm. I mean, obviously, I think what you've, you look at the XG... The, the chances that they created against Belgium is, and perhaps that's just naivety. Sometimes you need a bit of luck. I've heard a famous comment before, it's, it's better to be lucky than good. And I think, you know, you needed a, something to go in in that Belgium game. Um, mm. I, I think the finishing needed to happen. And then in the second part is, I think they got overran in, in midfield a little bit. I think the next cycle, probably you'll start to see. I mean, it's been great to see Atiba Hudson kind of, finish off his, his playing, you know, for Canada at this stage, he's 39, second oldest player, um, made his 100 cap against Croatia, but you could see without a stack here in the second half and with him in there, I think we just lost our leg. So I think we need a little bit more impact in the midfield area moving forward into the next cycle and probably, you know, a centre-back or two, um, that would be the next thing on probably Herdman's list. Are there any young players that were maybe close to making the team this year and by 2026 should be a little bit more ready for that stage that you're intrigued to watch them progress as we get ready for the next tournament? Yeah, and I think they're already in the squad. I mean, I look at the, the Davies and David. I look at Kone, who's, who's, who's only 19 as well, that was coming to make an impact off the bench. You look at your Buchanan's and Millers are all in their early 20s, Stefan Astakio. I think the age group is really, really good coming through. So, you know, aside from another centre-back coming through or maybe a keeper because will Borjan still be playing? I think that's what you want to see. I mean, for me personally, you know, here at the Cavalry, we, we had, um, you know, Victor Latore. He's only 21. And I remember Martin Nash, my previous assistant, now a York United manager, he played with the Tiba on the back end of Martin's career and, and even Nick Ledgewood. Victor Latore, very, very similar in profile and is now playing the Scottish Premier League. So, you know, there's rumours of Alistair Johnson going to that same league, but for a bigger club in Celtic. Um, and, and I loved Karifa Yao, Karifa Yao, who played for us. You know, he's, he's still only 21, 22. And as a centre-back, you've got time on your side. So I'd love to see now how Karifa does with the Whitecaps and moving forward. Now Victor does with Ross County because they're on that platform. And that's, 
exactly what the Canadian Premier League has to be is creating this volume of players. I mean, you only have to look at Australia now. You know, similar in terms of land mass that they created their 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 A League back in 2004, qualified again for the 2006 World Cup. Um, you know, after 32 years of, of without, you know, very similar to Canada's story that there was 36 years between um, tournaments. We now have our own domestic league, and it's to churn out young Canadian players. Now we've got this infrastructure. We've got to keep doing our work, putting shovels in the ground and making sure that we're developing players for this next cycle. Tommy, there's a lot of question marks about John Herdman's future with the national team. Do you think he's still the manager for the next cycle? Absolutely. I think it's ridiculous. Um, I, I just think if you ever go on Twitter or social media, just people are angry. I don't know if it's on the back end of the pandemic. I mean, you have to filter some things that you have one game that they didn't play so well because Belgium, they played brilliant, didn't get the result. That's football. You cannot guarantee the result. You can only guarantee the manner in which the result comes about in terms of how you want to play the game. They were outplayed by a better Croatia side. And then suddenly everyone saw and heard them out and the comments he'd say, I'm like, this is ridiculous. He's taken Canada to where it's never been. He's helped build a platform on the women's side, build a platform on the men's side and will learn People don't realize who he is or don't do their work. They just see superficial. They see a result and bang, suddenly he's going to be hung, drawn and quartered. I'm glad as a society we've we've moved on past those days because there'll be a lot of hangings in the streets still. And I don't think he deserves to be because I think he's done a phenomenal job for this country and put us on the map. So um, I'd love to see him still in charge because having known the guy, he's phenomenal. He's a bright, bright guy and he's he encourages all of us, you know, in the domestic leagues to keep playing these young Canadian players and moving them forward. How much do you think he's grown from this experience? Oh, massively. He, 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 said, he said that himself in his interviews. You know, he, he will learn from these experiences and he's, he knows what it takes to get to that next level. And I said, you can look at Australia's, you can look at the U S and a similar kind of countries. And he, he's, he's challenging all CPL and MLS coaches to, push the players into bigger leagues. So you got more Jonathan David playing in Champions League, Tejon Buchanan playing in Champions League, Stefan Astakio, uh, Alfonso Davies. You know, can you get your whole starting 11 that are playing in big European clubs? But in order to do that, we have to let go of our players. You know, I used to say this as a youth coach. Sometimes, you know, clubs came from uh, smaller grassroots clubs to where we were because you needed to move them forward. Then it was our job to pass them on into the pro environment. So, yeah, I think uh, we, we've got to keep doing that and, and building this infrastructure, but I think we're in a good place. Uh, we're in a really good place. It takes time. Um, Tommy, before I let you go, we had James Sharman on the program yesterday, a fellow Englishman, and I asked him, mm-hmm. is he preparing himself emotionally to get a uh, another just devastating loss by the English side at the World Cup? Another, Are you preparing yourself? Or do you think they can actually win this thing? Uh, it's, it's so funny because, again, when you're tied and, and you're the same with Serbia, it's, is you have two sides of people's media. So everyone's written the English off already before the World Cup had even started. All the English, you know, they you know battered Iran 6-2, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, great result, but Iran are poor. You know, Iran went on to have a couple of half-decent results. And then you look at uh, the game against U.S., and everyone's like, oh, yeah, just oh, so poor, so poor. Gareth Southgate out. And, you know, everyone's calling for his head. And then go and beat, uh, um, the, oh, geez, mind blanked. We went 3-0 against Wales, and everyone's saying, well, you know, well, Wales aren't the best either. 
So it doesn't matter what they do, they still get written out. And now you're going to get Senegal. Oh, Senegal, good. You know, African champions. I don't know if we'll get past that. But I think that's just the English. I think it's mm. because we've been disappointed so often. But it's an exciting group. You know, and now once you get to the knockout stages, it's anybody. So they just need to have that fun run. They're having some fun with their attack. They're scoring goals. They've got the makings of it. Do I feel they're going to win it? No, and probably because you you you, you don't want to higher your expectations. But I think they're just going to slowly go about their business while everyone talks about Brazil and France. Tommy Wilden, Junior Cavalry FC Manager on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. Tommy, great stuff. Thanks for this. Enjoy the match. Thanks for I, I, one last question. How are we doing on our uh, on our draft? Oh, teams? okay. So uh, I do. I have England and Germany winning the tournament. The Germans are yeah. uh, they have an issue. You right now, Tommy. You're you're in good spot. Uh, you have France and Portugal who both look really good. You did oh, have Canada yeah. as your dark horse who are eliminated. But right now, uh, you I, I think you're in a good spot. Producer Patrick uh, Dumas, Brazil and the Netherlands. That's a good one, yeah, uh, but our boy, too, yeah. yeah, our boy Maddie. Uh, two of his three teams have already been eliminated: uh, Denmark wow. and Wales. He has Argentina left. I don't know where I went wrong. I legitimately I don't Argentina. know where I, where I went wrong. Yeah. So, Tommy, I like your chances here. France and Portugal. You got two nice sides there to potentially win this whole damn thing. We'll talk soon. Thanks for this, pal. Enjoy the beautiful All weather right. there. Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay, there he goes, Tommy Wilden Jr. Uh, our little bat. Our little. Side pool we had, yeah. and the winner gets uh, the winner gets to get it's drinks and food vibe. paid for. Yeah, and right get now uh, he's good. I have uh, sounds I, like I might be putting a card on the table. Yeah, I have England. I don't really think they're going to win the tournament because it's England, and they always suffer crushing defeats. But um, still, lots to go in this championship. Um, by the way, uh, Tommy Wilden was brought to you by the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Dine in pick up, or have a game day special delivered. Wow. Find out why Atlas Pizza is a 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, or call 403-248-3344. Uh, Brody on the beat. we got a couple minutes here before we get to the ski report. Uh, is he, can, we, can, we hit the, can we hit the intro again here, Pat? All I need is a Brody on the beat. Uh, the biggest rising young star in Canadian sports media and probably the best segment in Canadian radio. Uh, Brody on the beat. Our technical director, Alex Brody, is roaming the freezing streets of Calgary right now. Oh. Asking <laughs> asking, <laughs> asking our listeners. Uh, well, not our listeners. Well, maybe some of them are. Asking Mostly the people, strangers. Yeah, strangers. Uh, what is their favorite Christmas song? Because it is December 1st. Alex, where are you right now? All right, so I am once again at the 4th Street Southwest Station because they have heaters here, I think, I believe. So this is kind of where everyone's hanging out. But I do want to shout out, there's a, someone drove by in a white Fiat who is clearly listening to the show because they picked me out. They're hawking and waving. So somebody recognized me. Again, here. you are the brightest young rising star in Canadian sports media. Why wouldn't they Shine recognize so you? Shine so bright, man. You got to close your eyes to avoid uh, the shine bright like a diamond yeah as rihanna says yes. uh, are you near somebody nice. can you ask them are, are you getting all some... right let's let's do this let's okay. do this i'm gonna go try and grab somebody here okay make sure you tell Excuse them me. hi Al- uh my name is alex i'm the technical producer of the morning show at sports at no, just say you're the host and i'm going around asking questions about the christmas holidays would you interested in answering a quick question no all right no tell worries me, at all. tell me we're live on the radio though yeah <laughs> 
I feel like that's scarier, guys. No, it's not. People want to talk on the radio. Tell well, they do not want to sing on the radio. Yeah, I don't know if those other two people would have sang if 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 we had told. No, them. but you got we got to be transparent here. Make sure you tell them we're live on the radio. You got anybody else close to you? All right, let's let's give this another go. The train's pulling out, but let's give this a go. Hey, excuse me, my name's Alex. I'm the host of the morning show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. I'm just asking people about the Christmas holidays. Would you be interested in answering a quick question? You know, two seconds, I promise. Two seconds. All right, so what's your favorite Christmas song of all time? Uh, Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. I don't know if I've heard that one. Can you kind of give me a rundown of what it sounds like? You know, it's uh, John Lennon's uh, that song. Okay, perfect. Awesome. While your train's pulled up, I'll let you get on the train. Thanks so much for your time. Okay. Happy yeah. Christmas by Elton John? No, by I tried. Uh, I tried John to get Lennon, this thing in, but... Oh, John Lennon, is that what he said? Yeah. Uh, do you have anybody else near you, or people are getting off the train right now? Uh, people are getting off the train. Okay, so Let's grab see if some I people, Alex, here. Let's go. Somebody. Okay. Tell them you're well, Alex Brody, the host here. of the the big show on Sportsnet 960. Okay, one second here, George. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, uh, my name's Alex. I'm the morning show host of the big show with Rustic and Rose on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. So Would you be interested in answering a quick question about yeah. Christmas? All right, no worries. He's running late, guys. <laughs> He's running late. Okay. I, I was, he was speed walking. I had to speed walk to keep up with that okay, guy. Okay, well, is there anybody else around you right now? Uh, Trey just took off. Everyone has dispersed, guys. I am, I can okay. run. Can you maybe see me from the window? <laughs> okay, so um, maybe we, do we send him out in the 8 o'clock hour or no? I would. Okay, I think I think you're not done. This is fun for me. Yeah, we're enjoying ourselves. <laughs> so like, I, I see that's... people walking by the windows of our beautiful Doug Lacey uh, basement Systems downtown studio here at Sportsnet 960. Yeah, so I think we'll send you I on the you, 8 o'clock Alex. hour. Come over so here why don't you come inside? Come over here and talk to someone outside the window, too. Yeah, get like, warm. That's the spot okay. to be. Have some cocoa, maybe. Get warmed up. And uh, keep asking people um, what their favorite Christmas song is. Oh, great right, job. Two for seven? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, only three, maybe. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. Make sure, yeah, and just get their name, too, because we want to we shout them right. out. As right. Well. All right, so come inside. I think we'll, we'll do some more Brody on the Beat. And uh, Alex, we just got a text. Give Alex show MVP. He is the show oh, MVP. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give him he the totally belt. totally is. Give him the belt. Um, top of the hour, uh, Ross Tucker, NFL analyst, uh, Even Money Betting Podcast, CBS Sports. Uh, but right now, um, we got to do a ski report. You want to do that right here? Ski report for Ski West. Uh, giving you the latest on all of the mountains that we got going on in Alberta. And pretty exciting as this weekend Castle Mountain is going to open up. Their open date is December the 2nd. They'll join the rest of the popular mountains in Alberta as far as, uh, you know, your open resorts. You can go and, and shred some pow, rip up the gnar, you know. Sunshine Village and Mount Norquay both had two inches of snow in the last 24 hours. Sunshine's actually rocking a 32-inch base right now. They got 38% of their trails open and nine of their 11 lifts. Nikiska's had a little bit of snow recently. They're 56% open for their trails. Three of six lifts are open there. Mount Norquay, same deal. Three of six lifts, 30% of their trails are open right now. And I mentioned they had that two inches of snow in the last 24 hours. Marmot Basin's got a nice base at 27 inches and uh, just a little bit of a dusting of snow overnight. They have actually got the most, uh, almost the most open trails at 67%. Uh, the most would be Windsport. They've got 70%. That's really close to home. They haven't had much snow lately. Same with Lake Louise, but uh, nine of eleven lifts open at at the at Louise. Twenty percent of their trails are currently open as we wade into the start of the ski and snowboard season. 
Okay, great that stuff, is, Maddie. Uh, that is the snow report brought to you by Ski West. Okay, great job. Uh, Ross Tucker on the NFL. Eric Engels on the Habs. Our best bets. Your Sean Monahan, uh, super sweet chirps as well. 960, 960, name and location. It's all straight ahead in the 8 o'clock hour. Big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.